What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A lot to get into. Major League Baseball giving you the middle finger. Shocking enough. Chris Schmidt and Connor Clark in. We'll spend some time on Husker Spring football. A lot more to get to and sip through from yesterday's roundtable. We'll spend time on Mark Whipple and, of course, Mickey Joseph and uh, hear plenty from uh, Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Mitch will be with us here in about 15 minutes or so. In hour two, Rick Kaczynski, Steve Marek. Uh, congratulations to uh, Jazz Shelley and Alexis Markowski, second uh, team all Big Ten. And how about Alexis Markowski, proud of Pius. Good for her. as She is the freshman of the year in the Big Ten. Uh, that is outstanding. That's incredible. We'll... No doubt, uh, spend some time on that with Steve Marek. And numbers to get in today, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Email chris at alevarsity.com. And uh, always uh, find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt. Connor Clark, and find him on Twitter. Give him a follow. Check out his podcast as well at uh, Connor underscore. Hold on a minute. C, C underscore, underscore Clark. Clark underscore 27. <laughs> I'm nine for 10 on that. Yo, I give you credit. I, it's it's definitely a mouthful when you have to say it. On, it looks much better on paper. No, and you know what? Twitter's a nightmare trying to, to get the handle you want versus what's right. available. Because there's uh, millions of Clarks, millions of Schmitz, uh, and, and away you go. Uh, but, you know, I'm interested in the offense for Nebraska it's all going to center around the, uh, the the development of the offensive line. That's that's obviously key, and that's going to be uh, a work in progress. And I say that just because some of your key components won't won't be available to you, but you're going to go find uh, some new engine parts, so to speak, uh, with uh, with what uh, Coach Royola is tasked to do. You got the quarterback situation. And then you have uh, the wide receiver group that, uh, I mean, there's some special players in there. Can the special uh, talents be brought out by Mickey Joseph? He has done that uh, throughout his career. But to me, it kind of comes down to a change in mentality, first and foremost, on the offense. And a thought from you, Connor, with the offense. Miss us? And, Come here, brother. Uh, I know Mark Whipple spoke yesterday. We'll hear from him in a moment. We're on call for you. He's uh, a guy that is no nonsense. He's pretty old school. Lincoln and uh, this is how it's going to go. And on iTunes. He, he may not be That's okay. I kind of tend to like drunk One final time. Full slate. Big 10 action tonight. Here's going to be about here. You'll get done with that. At Ohio State, minus 15. 
and a uh, half the number. Any, any be sure to check the podcast page out. It would be pretty black and the white. The on-demand section is at Lincoln.com. What do you, what do you think about the offense here? I think you're going to have options at quarterback. I think you're going to have options at running back. football or love football. You're going to have options to throw the football. That was kind of a theme today from Mickey Joseph. You know, where do you think you're going to go? Some of his comments from yesterday, Mark Whipple as well. And then that, the offense, uh, that elevation of the offense. They've always put up y'all uh, where that goes. They've just so not always put some up good uh, discussion. And I think that's going to be the, one. The, the Coach Kaczynski, uh, Mitch Sherman, a big old target in, in Austin uh, Allen. It's going to go. We're on the road tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, we crush are going to be uh, yeah. in Indy. Posted uh, up. You're missing a guy in Jim Final between Pius Boys. And the uh, Papio South squad, initially, that is uh, a road kind of show for us here at Pius Monday. Nebraska football we'll in Papio South you've tomorrow. You've got new eyes and new voices uh, going to be doing in, the game. In a lot of the offensive room. Six. So, well, I like what Whipple is stands, saying man, about the but, offense uh, and going to the presser here for our show uh, today. We'll headset on and fully clothed, unlike Harry Carey. There's I like been a little bit of Cubs plan, scene today, it too. It sounds like it's very Every once a year, bless his heart, would go out to the bleachers. He's big and, on the film. Uh, get a suntan. He's, he's big on the guys now, in between spring and summer. Don't ball, know if any outfielders were harmed on the reps when Harry did his road show out in the bleachers with about the, the sun the quarterback. Through Obviously, those that, we had goggles. the whole thing about no one will ever oh, he know. Thinks Casey Harry Thompson would, would wear. is the number one guy right <laughs> God, now. But he goes on Harry. to say, uh, "Well, we don't know about that tomorrow." And he's big about getting the So we'll see if Major League Baseball reps more so the owners. And listen, like a lot. You can you can be a baseball fan and slash a Noise. But at the same time, if you have a running back room that you could go two, three, maybe even four but the deep owners in the Big really Ten, are I mean, he had success with three running always backs Always painted out as the hit, bad so guy because they're here, the ones that control the I think the that's only going strings. to improve this offense. But as you mentioned, so it really we'll all depends on how the offensive line plays If cooler heads prevail well, or and, if a sport, honestly, it's, has it's a luxury to, have to not care. Enough trust so, and might develop sneak a phone call in here. to It'd be a be a sad summer without rotation League Baseball. Uh, you go back to the, the uh, glory years at Salt Dog Baseball. Football, you God, had your, you your Lawrence out. or your Amon. That'll be pretty good. We have time. Let's get John in here. John, shot clock is on. Dudes, John, go ahead room. real quick, bud. And hey, yeah, you bet. Hey, Smitty, I heard you talking about going field. to Kemper Arena for the it Big 8 tournament back in the day. Who you were back in the day. For. I got, and, a, I got a great memory. Not, probably Nebraska one of my favorite sports memories ever. had guys ever. that had to wait their Stayed turn, which center, is good because it got them a chance to get ready and see and, like, and learn how to do it. But once they were called into duty, case in point, and Amon Green, you know, Lawrence's deal. Remember that, Joe? Amon came in about 1,000 yards as a true freshman. He was good enough to play as a true freshman. He got coached up to to be uh, an elite back by Coach Solich, but I was in he came heaven, in a lot. So <laughs> you saw, you saw the from high experience. school. That, that's you not, saw the uh, that's the old Goldie Hawn flick. It's not normal, but it, it was uh, kind it was of the norm awesome. for Nebraska. Good for you of, of the way making the it a whole movie behind. And bless his heart. Bless his soul. Raymond Tisdale at all six nine of them. Rihanna, any phone books? And listen to Mark Whipple here when it comes to needing a couple of running backs. He's a guy that no, that was pretty good. Hey, John, thanks for the call. Yeah. Big like memories, it. man. He had a Belichick winner catching Kemper touchdowns and going for eighteen hundred yards. Sprint you're gonna, sweet though. You're gonna make the uh, the opposing defense stop your best guy. Used to have, uh, but you're not gonna be one dimensional and make Big it, Twelve happy uh, hour an, an issue for your offensive line if you're having the story to throw you need to ask about Saturday sometime. That's the biggest right, difference back, uh, to tomorrow. Me road show with from Papio South. Pius forward here with new offensive voices and new offensive minds. A are they gonna be able to? To, to do what they want when they want offensively. Two, 
are they going to be able to do what they want uh, when they have to? And that, to me, is is running the football on third and three. Or if, if you want to throw it for, for four on third and three, fine. But are you going to be able to execute it? To me, what, what you, you want to see is in Big Ten football, when push comes to shove, can you line up and go get two and a half, three yards uh, when the whole stadium knows you're going to run it? Uh, the, the run game and getting a first down in short yardage has been what? It has been Adrian on a quarterback power. That was the trust. Now you got to find two or three backs, and maybe they're new names, maybe they're same names, to, uh, to go get that done. And it's got to be the offensive line uh, that, that fires off and from a mentality. And I think, I think that's fair. I think you're going to have that uh, Riola-type mentality voiced ingrained drilled to to do what these guys may be best at and that's fire off the football and and that will that that will bode well in the big 10 because i think they've recruited the talent you've got to be able to bring that talent out but here is whipple on on the running back room you need a couple three same thing it's a physical league you know you you want to get three ready and possibly four so there could be third down guy that's really good in the throw game and good in protection. Could be a third down back, which a lot of times you use in the NFL, and I've used that. Last year we had a young freshman. We didn't want to put a lot on his plate, but he was a good running back. We said he's going to finish games, get in the second quarter, and develop the guys as we go. It's a long season. So, you know, it's um, um, I, I, until you, you know, we're not going to know our team really till probably – I would think till after you know, looking ahead and the Oklahoma game, or you go the first six to that that point. So, listen, that's that's your timeline. It's it's new for coaches, it's new for players, but you got to figure it out. Let's shift over to Mickey Joseph, uh, specifically here. Uh, we we talked about that mentality, and uh, this is Mickey here talking about, and we'll get into this with Coach Kaczynski and his stops in Iowa and in Lincoln. Of course, uh, getting the, the the love out of football. Do you like or do you love what you do? You know, you ho- I, I hope all of you get to do what you love. Uh, some of you tolerate what you do. I get it. And I've told that to Junior, man. Like, do you love baseball or do you like baseball? Well, if you love it, you're going to be putting in the extra time because uh, you've not been blessed with Roberto Clemente's arm, Vince Coleman's speed, or uh, Big Poppy's power. All right, uh, so you're going to have to put some extra work in and hope you hit it where they ain't. But uh, the difference here uh, with, with kids and the kids that Nebraska's looking for or at least trying to, to kind of morph out of their personality, that like, that love, the difference in football. When you love it, I used to say about this, about this game, you got to be kind of a little crazy to want to play football and loving it. That means you're going to do the extra that enough is never enough. Enough is never enough. You know, when you when you when a coach tells you good job, you work even harder. Coach tells you, hey, that's not a good job. You even double up what you got to do to get better. You know, they 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 gotta love the game. You you gonna have to love the game to play for me. You're gonna have to love the game to play for Scott. You're not gonna be to like it because when you like it, you're not gonna play. So uh, there's there's your your line of demarcation. If you just like it, good luck getting on the field. More from from Mickey on that like and love concept. One practice, 
but then then I also got to look at it. Maybe he wasn't he wasn't trained to love it. Maybe nobody never challenged him to love it. So let me give him a chance. Maybe you know you like it's like it's like the it's like a relationship when you when you first meet your girlfriend or, or your boyfriend you like them, but then you grow to love them. Okay, so now it's about me making being, making sure that they're consistent, that they're doing stuff on and off the field. And they might like it right now, but then we can get them to love it. Now, if it gets to the point and you don't love it and it's June, I'm going to know. Then I got to move on. So that was Mickey Joseph yesterday at the roundtable talking about that, that when do you figure out a kid either likes it or love it. And he says, I can tell just based off of, the, off of that first practice. Last thought from Mickey here. And we'll get to some Major League Baseball news and uh, more uh, from Mickey Joseph later on in the show. But uh, getting the kids to love it here. Uh, you identified yay or nay. Now how do you get him to get into that extra gear? If that's what it takes for him to love it, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be at their neck every five seconds. I'm going to be on them. I'm going to make sure. Because especially if you, know, if you know that they have the, the talent to do it and it's, and it's in their heart to love it, they just don't know how to do it. So we ask them to do, hey, get better every day you come on the field. Get better. So my thing is looking at them, make sure they get better. Looking at the 707 today and looking at the 707 when we come back Wednesday and see who got better, who got better. All the way through individuals, see who's trying to get better, who's trying, giving us effort. So pretty good stuff from Mickey Joseph. Uh, we'll hear in about 25 minutes kind of his take and update, uh, some, some intriguing stuff we'll talk with Mitch Sherman about as well. Uh, on on Xavier Betts because he's one of those guys, Connor. That man, we're we're smiling if you're a Nebraska fan with the flashes, the glimpses you've seen of Betts, and between him and Omar, man, if if you can get those guys to find consistency on top of the Trey Palmers of the world or the Elante Browns or the stable of receivers they have with the projected talent they have throwing in the football, assuming there's protection in time, then, then it could be um, could be a big wow factor for Nebraska. Well, you mentioned there's so much potential and so much just raw talent in the wide receiver room. And you mentioned Alante Brown, too. That was a name that was brought up a couple of times in mm-hmm. that roundtable discussion as well about how he's really caught some eyes from the new offensive assistants, uh, which is something that I like to hear. I, I think Alante Brown is – He's been here for, what, two years now and hasn't really gotten all that much of an opportunity, but maybe this is his chance as well alongside Xavier Betts and Omar Manning, who we know can strike at any moment. We saw Xavier Betts strike like lightning a couple of times last year. We saw Omar Manning with a touchdown against Oklahoma and a couple of other big plays last year too. So the potential is there. How are they going to use it? And as you mentioned again, it's all about protection as well. Can we get them the football? Well, I think when they when did they go to Omar against Michigan? Fourth and five in the red zone, and it was a 26-yard gain. When did they go to, to Betts? They're down a score, and they, they just send Betts on a go route against Oklahoma 57 yards later. later. And when did you go to Betts against Wisconsin when it came down to nut-crunching time? And he got lit up and no flag was called. Somebody's uh, not bitter or anything if, you know, going through some old emails and Twitter responses uh, at the end of that Nebraska-Wisconsin game. And I get it. Uh, that should have been a flag. But those guys, they need to be consistent for coaches to, to call their number repeatedly. And they also want to be used appropriately. 
not on again, off again. Uh, Jeff Passan with ESPN. Sad day for baseball. You have MLBPA. The players agreed unanimous, unanimously not to accept MLB's final proposal. There's going to be no deal on the new collective bargaining agreement. That announcement uh, just made here a little bit ago. The deadline was 4 o'clock central. We're 20 minutes past that. Uh, MLB has threatened, and I think Rob Manfred's moving forward as canceling the first two series of the season. So Major League Baseball not getting out of their own way. Rob Manfred, of course, saying the concerns uh, of our fans are, are very top of our consideration list. We'll talk more with Mitch Sherman in spring football next. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. More on Alexis Markowski's Freshman of the Year Award, Steve Marek on the way with Hale Varsity next hour. Mitch Sherman joins us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Plenty of spring football to get into, but Mitch, you and I both for years have grown up going to the ballpark uh, with our childhood and into our adult years and we've made uh, at a point to take our kids to baseball. And right now, uh, baseball not cooperating as the lockout is, is very real. I know Manfred's speaking now, but as a, a baseball fan and guy who loves taking his kids to the ball games over the years, what's your reaction? Uh, I would say that Manfred is uh, not speaking to me because uh, I'm not listening. I don't want to hear much about what the owners have to say or the commissioner has to say, really even what the players have to say, although I, I think they're far less in the wrong here. Uh, until they're ready to announce uh, that they're they're going to get back on the field, and even then, um, you know, I suppose you can say it's a hollow threat. But I'm not real thrilled just about uh, baseball in general. But I'll I'll, I'll go support uh, the college game in the in the interim and uh, some AAA baseball here in uh, in uh, Sarpy County. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Y- you have. Manfred saying the last five years have been very difficult for the league from a revenue perspective. You've got owners that are, yeah, right, because MLB has only totaled $43 billion over that eight, that, that five-year window. I mean, you've, you've got a bunch of rich dudes in Major League Baseball, Mitch, but it's always been just a horrible arm wrestling match between the owners and players. Yeah, and they just went through a stoppage that was ridiculous during the pandemic uh, two years ago when really everyone was sitting at home um, ready to watch anything (laughs) on TV. 
and baseball dropped the dropped the ball, so to speak, in that moment. It, you know, they they got it together and, and played some games, but it was far less than what they should have. And here we are, two years later. It's it's um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, and, 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 you know, for those of us who have been fans of the sport for decades, um, you know, I, I just to be honest, I mean, I, they, they're, they're probably not going to lose us when, when baseball comes back, I would imagine I'm going to be there and want to watch just, just kind of wired that way. But that's, <laughs> that doesn't solve their problem because they're not winning over anybody and they're not making things work with the younger demographic that they need to get to grow the sport. How many, I mean, the younger demographic is, is ripe to regenerate a demo for him. I mean, I don't know a family that doesn't have a kid in travel softball or baseball. They, they grow up really liking it. Junior wants to go see the Yankees. I mean, that's just kind of how our family works, but we've all, experienced it so they they like going to the ballpark they like playing it and you know is is is, yeah i don't know that that's really the case nationally in comparison to what it was a generation ago or two generations ago um you know i think people are soured on the on the sport in in large part because of the greed that they see yes um playing out with, with you know in situations like this so yeah i mean there's there's still some young people who there's a lot of young people who who play the game um, but I think there's fewer and fewer and fewer and, and moments um, like, like what we're seeing um, chop that number down even more who f- feel the need and, and have the desire um, prioritize going and, 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 uh, and supporting the game um, at the major league level. Mitch, we'll go to football here. Uh, quite a bit of round table action yesterday with coach Frost and his assistants and your column with the athletic uh, a new look, uh, Huskers uh, spring practice, fresh ideas rule. I, I enjoyed uh, listening to Mickey Joseph. I spent a lot of time around mm-hmm. Coach Applewhite and also Coach Bush. But, you know, what do you think Mickey's going to be able to do uh, with uh, that receiver room, specifically a couple of guys on the consistency front when it comes to Betts and Manning? Yeah. Um, and Alante Brown um, in that group too, because his name was thrown around as much or more than any receiver uh, y- yesterday during the conversations that Scott Frost had with the media and, and that the offensive staff and even Bush, you know, Bush talked about Alante Brown as a guy who's going to be a, ma- a major factor um, on special teams. But, um, you know, I, I think you mentioned Manning and, uh, and Betts and I think Trey Palmer, in that group and, and then probably Oliver Martin. Um, and you're looking for somebody else with Alante Brown. Um, maybe it's cast Isaiah Castaneda Garcia, the, the transfer, um, who, who can fill in into a role there, or maybe you're, you, you, you bring up, um, one of your redshirt freshmen who, who sat last year. I know there were a lot of high hopes with, um, Latrell Neville, um, Sean Hardy, Camonte Grimes, uh, when those guys signed a year ago, or, um, you know, you, you have a, a couple incoming players, uh, but, but as, as far as incoming freshmen who will be here in the, in the um, um, well, Victor Jones is here now. And then, and then a couple more who will be here in the summer. So there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of bodies there at the wide receiver spot. And, you know, I think the thing that Mickey Joseph immediately brings is an ability to connect with those guys on a different level than what they've had in the past. Um, 
Matt Lubick uh, was coordinating the offense. Um, he was involved with the quarterbacks. He was involved with the game plan um, on a different, in a different way than, than how this coaching staff breaks it down. And then that's just Mickey's strength. A lot more, I would say, than Lubick is, is um, you know, being someone that they immediately feel comfortable with, that they're immediately drawn to. Everyone's immediately drawn to Mickey. I'm drawn to Mickey. I mean, you, you meet the guy and, you know, you just want to spend time around him. He's got a, a unique personality, um, a, 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 just a, um, you know, a way to be able to engage with people that is rare. Um, and engage and, and, and make them um, feel good being around him. That, that's definitely true with his players. It was at LSU, and it, it's, it's immediately, I think, working in that, moving in that direction, working that way at Nebraska. Um, with guys like Xavier Betts and Elante Brown, for sure, you know, but I think that will spread to the, to the entire group of wide receivers um, before those guys are on the field uh, playing a game in August. Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic, at uh, Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, do you think there was a, a portion of the team that, I don't want to say lost their love of the game, but the last year's season beat them down quite a bit, so close, but never getting over the finish line with, with all those close losses. Do you think there was some, uh, some sit-down and let's talk about it and some confidence boosting that needed to go on, to, needed to go on with this new staff? with some new position group uh, coaches? Well, the messages that I've heard from the new position coaches and even the returning position coaches on the defensive side with Sean Becton are that they're not really dealing with 2021. And I don't know if that's the right way. It's the way that they've chosen to do it. Um, they're not sitting down necessarily. You know, there may be some individual conversations as the offseason goes on. And, and, you know, this, this time uh, over these next 30 some days as they practice is uh, is the first opportunity for these guys to get really close in a, in a football setting. Yeah. They can go into the office and talk and, and, you know, they can talk about workouts and game plans and watch film, but this is when they're really uh, down and dirty together. So I think the relationships are going to grow and maybe there will be some conversations about confidence lost or, you know, a, a building, building more of a winning culture, um, and, and how it relates back to 2021. But I think for the most part, they, they've, they've decided to flush it. And you heard that with Bill Bush. You know, it's, they, they buried the ball um, are, are the words that, that he used. And, you know, with Donovan Riola, you know, he's not, he's not watching tape, or at least he says he's not watching tape of 2021. He doesn't want to see um, that stuff because it doesn't matter for him as he builds an offensive line in 2022. So, um, I, I think for the most part, it's, it's move on and, and, and get past it. But yeah, I do think it's impossible to believe that everyone who went through that is just in a great place right now um, mentally when it comes to football. When, you, when you've lost in that way repeatedly, and not just last year, but if they've been in Nebraska multiple years, it's happened uh, the, the, for the entirety of their careers, um, it, it, it does leave some scars. And the only way I think that you can get past it is to win those games that didn't go your way. And, you know, the opportunity for that doesn't come until August and September. Well, Mitch, you mentioned how the coaching staff doesn't want to talk about 2021. And Mark Whipple went on to say that there was a lot of positive feelings in the first day of spring ball. What are your thoughts on him through the roundtable media day and, and through the early stages 
of spring camp. What do you expect to see out of him and this offense, and how do you think he's going to turn it around here at Nebraska? Well, he brings a different vibe. Um, you know, the first day of spring is always an upbeat day, always a positive day, um, no matter how the year went before that. I mean, it's just kind of like the you know, hope springs eternal, and, and there's a lot of optimism this time of year. Uh, so that's that's not surprising. Um, but with Whipple in particular, yeah, he brings a different vibe, a different feel. I mean, I couldn't have imagined um, in years past that Adrian, I'm sorry, that uh, Mario, I'm thinking of the player, not the coach, that, that Mario Verduzco or, or, or Matt Lubick um, would have, or, 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 you know, Troy Walters before Lubick would have been the one making an announcement about the, the quarterback who took the first rep at practice and, you know, it generated headlines locally and nationally that, that, that probably aren't entirely accurate. I mean, there's a suggestion that, 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 um, Casey Thompson has won the job, um, which was not the message that Mark Whipple uh, put out to the media yesterday. He said he took the first snap and because he's, he's the best guy um, right now, but that could change um, as this first week goes on. So nothing is decided. Um, but I, but to me, that's a, that, that's, that's a different spot that Mark Whipple is in, um, in, in the, um, the, the uh, you know, what Scott Frost is, is allowing him to do the, the he's Frost is still the head coach. You know, it still stops. The buck stops with him. He's making the final calls. So I don't think, you know, Mark Whipple went out and did that on his own, just acted independently and made, and made a, uh, a proclamation about Casey Rod, Casey uh, Thompson spot on the depth chart without the head coach um, being okay with it. Um, and I just don't think that's the, that's, that's the, that's the, um, I don't think that's the, uh, the the makeup that the staff has had in the past before Whipple got here. So you know we'll see we'll see how that how that um, continues on through the uh, through the spring and, and into the summer and the fall. You know maybe Whipple um, you know is getting his first dose of what it's like in the Nebraska fishbowl when he uh, you know sat back and saw some of the reaction to that one thing that he said and. and Perhaps he was taken aback by it, or maybe not. You know, this guy's been through uh, four decades of coaching. I think he's seen just about every environment. Um, it's hard to imagine that a lot would surprise him at this point. I got to think he knew what he was saying and, and that it would be received in a way that, uh, you know, uh, uh, where, where a lot of people have thought, okay, you know, this is, this is, it's Casey Thompson's, uh, Casey Thompson's team now, which, uh, again, was not the message that he intended to convey. Mitch, good stuff. Thanks for spending some time on football and, and MLB with us today. I always appreciate your thoughts. Okay, thanks, Chris. Good to talk to you. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks to Mitch Sherman for joining us from The Athletic. That'll be posted on ESPN Lincoln On Demand, ESPNLincoln.com, and some sound clown from Mitch coming up later. 
in hour two. Rick Kaczynski will talk spring development, getting a pass rusher. Also, some of Kaz's thoughts on those edge rushers that you saw too often uh, off the uh, edge, screaming off the edge to, to sack Nebraska quarterbacks. A slew of Big Ten personnel that are projected first-rounders. Kansas take on some of those guys. Steve Morick also in hour two on Husker women's basketball. And uh, a really good story he wrote. He caught up with a couple of NFL scouts as combine time is nearing for some of the Huskers trying to make a splash this 2022 draft. Open phones here, tail 5 866 825 Five eight six five. Last couple of thoughts here from Mickey Joseph. Uh, when it comes to, to two names, we asked Mitch about them. Uh, Xavier Betts, Omar Manning, guys that flashed, guys that are that have the talent to be difference makers, but they need the consistency to uh, to do that. Mickey Joseph spent time yesterday talking about Betts's growth uh, from what he's seen so far a lot, you know, and um, Xavier was a, you know, was an immature kid, you know, when I first got here, but now he's, 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 he's grown up, he's starting to ask questions, he's starting to, um, you know, just understand why he's here at Nebraska, and sometimes being from Nebraska, playing here, and being an in-state kid, it's a whole bunch of pressure. There's a whole bunch of pressure. And I and I want to just tell him all the time, like, hey, you just got to be Xavier. You just got to play ball. Don't worry about that. I'll take everything else off you. But it's, 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 it's not easy. It's not easy. It's just like a kid from Louisiana playing in-state football. It's not easy for a kid from Nebraska because everybody want to know why you're not playing, when you're going to do this, and they're pulling at you. Out-of-state kid, can't, they're not getting pulled at. Xavier's getting pulled all over because he's an in-state kid. He was a great football player in high school, and people wanted to be a great football player right away. And, you know, and, and, and he is. And he will. And he, his best football is ahead of him. But I, I'm happy where he's at right now, and I think he's doing a great job. More on that bets upside from Mickey Joseph. Wait, well, I think this kid—he's—he's he's a big, fast kid that can—that that just can run, and he can get in and out of his breaks, and he's got great hands. And he's got great hands. So that's that's what you want at the X position. You want a big kid that can run. And we're gonna do a little different. We're gonna keep him at X. We're gonna keep him at X. So he's gonna get a lot of one-on-one coverage. You know, so he gets a lot of one-on-one coverage, then we're gonna let him loose. Mickey uh, again asked about the, the pressure that, that Betts was facing or, or more so feeling uh, during his, his time at Nebraska. Just look at the film from last year. That he, he'll show up one week, one week he don't show up, show up one week. One, so now my, my goal with him is this kid, which is to get him consistent, that he shows up every week, that he shows up every week, and he's going to he's gonna give you 100% every week, and he's got to believe in himself. And it's about me shooting confidence to him. You know, just shooting him confidence, like, hey, you can you can get this done. You can do it. Impressions with Omar Manning. Uh, Omar and Trey Palmer both going to be competing in that slot spot. No, Omar, Omar's excellent. He's an excellent receiver. He's a big target. He's a big kid that can run. And and I was more with a, a smaller kid in the slot, you know. But Whip, when Whip came, Whip said, hey, put the put Omar in the slot, and he's going to be able to do it. And I was like, because he wants a big target. So Omar embraced that because he's been outside. So he embraced that going inside. So now, you know, he's got he, him and Trey Palmer, they can play off each other. You know, you play off each other, then you go with Brody, you got Isaiah also, but, but almost a big target going across the middle. And he's strong and he's fast. And he gets there in a hurry and he has really good hands also. Competition. Competition within the room. So that is one thing that 
you look at Omar's track record and ability and then his inconsistency. And if I'm Omar, and granted, I don't know why or how the depths of, of the off-the-field stuff that affected him, I don't know the root of it. You know, I know that he had hinted at some some mental health stuff, and that's what some of the coaches talked about. But now he's got a guy that'll that'll listen and communicate. That's that's who Mickey Joseph is to me, a guy that is going to counsel you but also coach the heck out of you. Uh, Connection-wise, there seems to early on be trust there. But now you also have Trey Palmer. So there's legit competition to take your job. So it's going to push you to either be better or you go away. And, and maybe that's maybe that's the thing that Omar responds to. Uh, with bets, uh, a final thought on bets here for Mickey Joseph uh, when it comes to, to where Xavier matured. Uh, what part of his life, uh, specifically off field? Off the field, because like I said, you, you got so much pressure. You got pressure off the field. He had to learn how to got to put that wall up. You know, he's got to learn how to say no. I can't do it. I got to go do this, you know? And he's doing that, and I'm helping him with it. I'm helping him with it, and I think he's done a really good job. You know, there's a, a high number of kids that come in from uh, from in-state that have performed and played well, right? I think of, um, well, I think of the Steincooler boys who really did well in Lincoln. Uh, I think of Eric Crouch. Uh, I think of Amon Green. Uh, I think of... Uh, a guy that is Cam Jurgens. I mean, recruited at, at age 15 and then made the position switch. It, it just doesn't dawn on you as maybe as much as, you sh- as it should, just the amount of pressure that the in-state kids put on themselves. And with Betts, that's the transition, going from being an incredible player in-state to doing it on Saturdays for your home state school. And uh, easier said than done and trying to live up to this this reputation, right? And it could wear and tear on some people. Husker basketball, how we feeling, Connor, uh, for two in a row? At uh, 22nd-ranked Ohio State, the Buckeyes, I think they're in, but where are they going to be? Are they an eight or a nine seed? They've drifted a bit from that four to five line uh, about a month ago. Uh, what do you <laughs> What do you feel? Can Nebraska at least replicate the that that execution from a from a rhythm standpoint, where they made the extra pass and guys had open shots to drill threes? Well, I don't know if I feel necessarily super confident about the game tonight because a lot of the time when you're a team that's not that great and you get a win like they did against Penn State, you tend to kind of roll over in that next game. But I don't know, Fred Hoiberg. It seemed like he was pretty pumped up after their win against. Mm-hmm. Penn State and it seems like the guys were as well um as far as Ohio State when it comes to March Madness I think they're probably going to be around a six seed just because they're a ranked Big Ten team um but I'm with you I don't know if Ohio State is really all that I think they could be an early exit come March but um that's that's for the field of 68 to decide really but I don't know if Nebraska comes out and wins this game but I think they certainly put out a good fight on the road because season's coming to a close almost Big Ten tournament time it's time to go do this thing Minus 15, my friend. That is the uh, the line. Does Nebraska get you the dreaded cover? Do they cover the 15? And 
what what type of game does McGowan's have? Does Bryce try and do too much going against Branham for that vaunted freshman of the year trophy? We'll wind down our one next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down this first hour, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark. Give us a find on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at ESPN Lincoln. At Hale Varsity and at uh, C underscore Clark underscore 27. That's all I got for you for, for underscores there. But a reminder to get buckled up here. Coaches make substitutions during the game to get the best player on the field. Getting behind the wheel after drinking also demands a substitution. Sober drivers are the only choice. A DUI costs more than you think. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Connor, your uh, amateur crop report says what to you about uh, Big Ten. Are we talking eight get in? I think Rutgers, they're, they're scheduled down the stretch, can allow them to, to for sure make it, could also play their way out. I think Michigan's in trouble as well. Yeah, I think Michigan ends up missing the tournament. That's just me. Were you ever worried about Sparty? No, I, I'm not worried about Sparty at all. Rutgers, I think, will end up on the right side of the bubble. I think as of right now, this morning, they were a 12 seed, according to Joe Lenardi. Um, but I think the Big Ten ends up with eight. Indiana is a team I have a question about as well. I don't know if they make it in, so we could go down to seven. Um, but I, I think if two teams are going to miss it out of those nine, it will be Michigan and Indiana. I think Michigan State will be fine. Obviously, you got a big one tonight between Purdue and Wisconsin. That's essentially for the, <laughs> for the Big win. Ten regular season title. Um, you have a great team in Illinois. You have Iowa, who's playing their best ball all year. So I think the Big Ten will be just fine. Seven and nine teams is the range. I think Michigan ends up missing out. I think Indiana has to win out. If they lose close to Purdue, I think that's fine. But if they do lose to Purdue, I think they have to win at least a game in the Big Ten tournament. Plus, it's an Indy, so you should because Hoosier Faithful is going to show out there. So if you're Indiana, you got to finish really, really strong if you want to feel good about your chances on Selection Sunday. Do you ever get to a Big Ten tournament? I have. I got to the one in 2019, so the year before all the COVID stuff hit. And let me tell you, it is a great time, a very, very good time. We went to the Big Eight tournament that was down in Kemper, and it was, I think, the 92 team, uh, Nebraska, ended up, being in that 4-5 matchup against Kansas State. So it was the god-awful 8, make that 10.55 a.m. tip to start the day. And it was just a rock fight game. Nebraska got beat on a last-second buzzer. Offensive rebound, K-State. And it just sucked. The cool part was seeing uh, some of the guys in the hotel room. And it was pure Danny Knee magic where it's between Nebraska and Oklahoma to, to get that final spot heading into the Big A tournament so you don't have to do too much. K-State, I think, made it that year. I think Dana Altman might have been coaching, actually, K-State uh, at that time. Either that or Lon Kruger, one of the two. So long and short, Nebraska beats Oklahoma on a, on a Sunday Phillips 66 Raycom special, right? And and then Danny Knee's throwing beers with everybody and anybody at Barry's afterwards, like old school Barry's. And and uh, Dad took us down there, had a beer with Danny. Not me. Dad did. I was only 14 at the time. 
And uh, then uh, all of a sudden, hey, we're going to Kemper. <laughs> he just pretty much said, how many, how many, how many seats you want? Uh, and Danny was the best. It was, it was a great memory. It was uh, a, a tough, tough Big A tournament. And then Pikowski goes off for 35, I think, against UConn in a, in a tough beatdown. Uh, that 8-9 matchup. Rick Kaczynski's on the way, Hour 2 with Hale Varsity. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's a Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski with us. And Kaz, hope you're all right, brother, gearing up for spring ball. What do you know? Not a whole lot, brother. Same same thing. So uh, our our spring ball is volleyball and, and travel baseball. So uh, not many weekends uh, to relax here. The um, till about July, it looks like, looking at the calendar. But, you know, good to Got good weather. Supposed to be in the uh, in the 80s here all week and all weekend. So we'll uh, we'll pack a cooler and I'll put it in a in a cup that doesn't look like there's vodka or beer in it. So uh, so yeah, we'll have a good time. But that's about that's about what we got, man. How about yourself? Well, baseball tryouts are going for junior. Um, we have uh, gone the baseball route and got some of Joe Boo's rum and sacrificed uh, a live chicken. <laughs> that way, that way, uh, that way, we get a little, we get a little help uh, from from the baseball peeps. But now we're uh, we're in the thick of baseball uh, tryouts anyway for for high school. So hoping the hard work pays off and he his mother's athleticism shows through. Uh, so. But uh, yeah, make sure you get enough ice in that uh, that Yeti cup, Kaz. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, there you go. spring balls here, man, and and I'm interested. Uh, your time at Iowa and, and in Lincoln uh, when it came to, to spring session, just uh, the work and and the the uh, the, the time that it took for you and, and the kids to really work on and develop that pass rush. I look at, at Nebraska's line, and they're going to have to reload a little bit. It's it's not completely new, but it'll be newer for some guys with roles, okay? And, you know, just get your expertise on, on making that jump uh, on pass rush so it can be a, well, a, a weapon again for Nebraska because it's uh, it's been missing on defense for, for quite a while, consistently. Yeah, well, I think I think first and foremost, I was I was very fortunate to to work for two guys that understood the importance of individual time with with coaches on the field. So 
Um, you know, Kirk being a Joe Moore guy, uh, and and Coach Moore would always tell you know the stories of you know at the end of the year we do you know Coach Holtz would ask for these critiques you know you know what you needed and all those things and Joe would hand in a piece of loose loose leaf paper and he'd just put individual more individual you can never get enough mm-hmm. individual and you know, that was Kirk's mentor and you know Bo came from that same type of school of. Um, you know, you need to hone in your skills. It's not something that you just flip on a switch. And um, so spring ball was great for those things. But really what we did in spring ball uh, was just, just take live reps of the things that they were doing in the weight room with the co- with the coaches in there and the things that we were doing during the skills and drills period out, out of pads. But, um, you know, I think the, the most important element of, of development is the actual time the head coach gives the individual coaches time to to master to allow those kids to to master their craft and I never had to worry about that and and I think when you do that you better be efficient you better know what the hell you're talking about and and it's a it's a progression you just don't go out there and get in a three point stance with your tail in the air and take off right it's it's about eyes right the first most important thing, the eyes are a muscle. You got to train your eyes. What's their target? What are they looking at? This tackle, this guard, what's the first thing that moves? Is it the knee? Is it the shoulder? So it's those type of things that you can really work on and specialize with each individual kid against each individual player. You know, it's about angles. It's that first step, false movement, you know, loading all that weight up on that front foot. So so you know the only way you can move, it's forward, right? And, you know, it's, you know we're, we're talking about when we absolutely know that it's passing down. So I think those are, those are the, you know, the, the, the key elements of it is just, just having the time, being efficient with your time, and then being a good teacher of what you're trying to stress. Everybody teaches things differently right but we're all trying to get home and um it's it's the things that you say it's the things that register to each player yeah i I might be teaching the same thing to randy gregory and vincent valentine and i have the same expectations for him but randy may get something that vincent doesn't so we're teaching the same exact thing but i might have to use a little bit different terminology or I might have to, you know, adjust Vincent or Randy in a different way to, to get what we want. So, so it's, it's an intricate process, but like everything else, it's reps, 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 reps. Rick Kaczynski is with us a Tuesday with Kaz, Spring Football Thoughts, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, is there a kid that, that you worked with that you're uh, going to keep with you uh, from a proud proudness standpoint that made a real jump, a kid that really uh, started off maybe slow, and then, man, by the time he was done playing ball, all those talents came out. Is, is there a, a success story in your in your uh, in your memory bank? Oh, there's just there's there's several. I mean, there's 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 several. But you know, Trady, as a coach, you know, when when you look back on the things, I think I think if you're a successful coach, and um, I mean, if you're in it for the right reasons, what you're what you're always looking at is what you left on the table, what else mm-hmm. you could have did. You know, you do that daily, you do that weekly, you do that after games, but man, that would be man to, to, to just um, point out one guy 
single out one guy, um, man, that would be a discredit to, to many great players that I had the opportunity to coach. But you, know, you take a guy like Mike Daniels at at um, at Iowa. You know, I think when you look at his recruitment and then just how he, you know, I mean, I used to kick him off the field daily. Like I, it just got to the point where. What he would take what, a bad you, rep. You, I wouldn't even have to see. He just he just start bolting right in. But but um, <laughs> but there there's several guys like that in. But I think you know when I look at my the the guys that I was fortunate to coach at Nebraska, like a guy like Baker Steinkohler. I, I you know I, he became such a force at the end of. At the end of 2012, the the last quarter 2012, there there wasn't a better, in my opinion. He was probably top three all around football players on the defensive side of the ball in the in the Big Ten. Mm. You know, Cam. What we asked Cam to do: move from inside, move to inside. At you know, he was he was playing at about 245 pounds, and then just the strides that Eric Martin. You know, Eric Martin played defensive end the year before, outside backer, and then. You know, just some things that we changed in the defense, and just some things that him and I talked about. That man, give give me give me four of those dudes right there, and and I'm, I'll be one of the best coaches that ever come through there. You know, and and you know, I was fortunate to to have those guys, man. You know, uh, but when you talk about guys you're proud of or that just got better, I mean, you know, I mean Baker's Baker's one of my all time favorite players, and. He's just an absolute, absolute stud, and I don't think he gets the credit. Uh, I mean, I, I, only was, I only had a chance to coach him for a year, mm-hmm. but from spring ball to fall camp to the end of the season, how great of a football player that guy became, and you want to talk about missing him in, that, in the Big Ten championship game, that, that, that killed us. I mean, it, I, I know one player doesn't make it, but that, that player made a huge, huge, huge difference on our defense, but I mean, I can go down the line. I mean, Jack Gangwish was a walk on that, you know, I mean, like literally there was a time and, and, and I can tell this story. I can tell this story because Jack and I laugh about it. And Bo, and we were playing, we were playing Illinois and uh, Jack was out there because Randy had like two missed assignments in a row. So JP was, JP was upset to hey get him out. He doesn't know what he's doing, and we're about to call some pressures. So we we were we put Jack in the game, and Bo looks up and calls a pressure, and he's like, "Why is Gangwish in there?" And he's like, "Call a timeout." Yeah, and I'm like, "He's good." He's like, "So Bo and I are on the sideline. He was gonna call a timeout, and he's like." We're better off with ten than having him in there. Wow. <laughs> so, no, but yeah, that's the stuff that you know he was saying facetiously. But we called the timeout, wow. didn't get Randy back in there. But uh, but you know, but Jack became you know Jack. You look what he did. He stepped in when Randy got hurt in uh, 2014, and how he played against Iowa against Brandon Sheriff. And Jack was just a dude that just worked, man. I mean, he just worked his tail off. But there's there's so many stories like that. I mean, like Joe Keels is a kid that that never that didn't play much. Had a lot going on in his family. You know, his father was his father was 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 killed. He had a brother that got. I mean, it, there was so much stuff going on. And here's a guy that had all these high expectations that just came to work every single day. And then what Joe became for me, Joe's a guy that understood coaching. 
he understood what what I was trying to teach. Joe became a mentor in the room. Joe became a guy that helped me coach, you know, in, in 2014. So, I mean, there's Malik. You, you just name it, Schmitty. I mean, and that's the great thing about when you coach at a, at a Big Ten school, especially with the reputation Iowa and Nebraska. You, you get good coaches. You get good players to coach, right? Uh, I mean – you know, I mean, uh, you give me a bad player and I might be able to make him okay. And that's that's about it, you know. But at those two places, I was fortunate. It was easy, it's easy to recruit defensive players because of the reputation you have. So, But, man, I could go on and on about the, about the players. But, you know, as a coach, I'm always looking at, dang, man, what, what – you know, is this guy, could I, could I made this guy a little bit better? Could I did this drill? Could I, you know, cause you're constantly learning, you're constantly evolving. And, and to be honest with you, the more I'm away from football, the the more, you know, when you step back, you, you, you learn a lot. And, uh, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look with me being out so long now, man, I've, I've learned a lot of football, just kind of stepping away from it. So, and got, got to meet with a lot of different guys and got to meet, a lot of different coaches that teach things certain ways that you know that clicked for me that I wish I knew back then that I could teach those kids but nah man it um, you know you got to have got to have good players make you a good coach brother Rick Kaczynski's with us Hale Varsity Radio Kaz what a talk NFL draft combine uh, coming up here and what to get your take here I'll give you the names because I, I know you've watched them and, and you, you lock in on the Big Ten you also keep an eye on the ACC obviously and in your backyard, but uh, you look at a kid like Carl Loftus from Purdue, pretty high first-round projection. Boy Mafe, just a specimen from Minnesota. Uh, a big reason some of those Gopher defenses were were pretty decent. And then the, the two uh, the two animals uh, from from Michigan that were so good, uh, Jabo and, and and Hutchinson. Uh, I know that 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 Hutch is projected pretty high, and Ajabo also I've seen in the teens. But all four. Our, our first round projections. Is there one of those names that that you that kind of piqued your interest? That man, you maybe were a fan of, or you think, okay, this kid can really do some special things at the next level. Well, I think all, all four of those guys are, are are pretty unique in their in their different skill set. Um, you know, if I was if 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 I'm an if I'm an NFL guy right now, just the way the league is, I'm. I'm drafting and looking at more of the hybrid guys just because it's become such a passing league. It's almost like Canadian football now. People run on first down, and then, you know, you're throwing second, third down. So so I'm looking for those guys that don't have to come off the field on third down uh, or in those passing situations. So, yeah, I like the I like um, you know I like the I like Hutchinson, but I you know can he play in space? I'm not saying he can't. You just haven't seen that. I mean, I, I love his motor. I think when you put when you categorize those guys, you got Karloftis and Hutchinson, kind of as you know those three those those uh, three down guys, but they're going to play with their hand in the in the ground. You know, if they're if they're going to have their hand up, I think you're going to see them in fire zones. Um, you know, drop into a zone or something like that. But I, I can't see them playing in space a whole lot. Now, as a, as a coach, if I'm recruiting, give me those two guys all day just because of everything 
everything that they bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, love their attitude, love their motor. I mean, so if I'm picking even between those two guys, I, I love Karloftis. Mm-hmm. I love him. Now, can you, as a person, as a personnel guy, and and, and go to the owners and say I'm going to take those two guys as their motors? No. So I think you know the kid from Minnesota and the other defensive end from um, uh, from Michigan. What makes them so attractive is just their their ability, probably to play in state in space, uh, to be three down guys, not only with their hand in the ground, but but also playing in the alley and being a little bit more dessert, uh, diverse and. You know, when you're talking NFL teams and when you're talking personnel, people are always looking for that cap money. So what I like about all four of these guys, you know, they're going to be picked into a system. You know, Karloftis and Hutchinson aren't going to be picked into a system where they ask guys to play in the alley or play in space. So what, what you're going to see is those guys playing three downs. And when, those, when, you, when you can – draft guys to play all three downs, that's going to give you a little bit more cap room to go get somewhere else, somebody else that can help your football team. Um, and then vice versa with, uh, with the other two hybrid type guys, I think, you know, they're going to be picked in a system that does what those guys have done on the college level. So I, I think it's very impressive. I think it says a lot about the big 10. It says a lot about, um, you know, how those schools are, are, are recruiting, but I think also it tells you about who they're going against. Stuff from Kaz on Hale Bar City Radio. A few more minutes with Rick Kaczynski. We'll talk about that uh, that mindset, like or loving football. Steve Marek also on the way with Hale Bar City this hour. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Bar City, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast ten dollars off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than twenty dollars, can get everything we produce: ten issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Back with you, Tail Bar City, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. More with our Tuesdays with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski, talking NFL projections for some of the Big Ten linemen. It also the topic of like versus loving football, getting that out of a kid and today's high school athlete and translating that into a, a high-level college player. Steve Morick also coming up here next segment. When you break down the Big Ten and the offensive line, and who has better offensive lines? Who's got more offensive linemen in the NFL than the Big Ten? So, I mean, these guys, obviously the NFL is the NFL. It's the best of the best. It's always going to be a step faster. But, you know, what you see on tape is, is, is pretty predictable what you're going to get on the, on the next level. And, Schmitty, I mean, you'd have to go back a long, long time. When you look at these draft picks, um, there's not many busts defensive ends coming out of the Big Ten. There's not many busts, defensive tackles. You know, some guys have a little bit better career, some become, but there aren't guys that just, you know, had a cup of coffee in the league. So I think that says a lot about the line play 
find play in this league. But uh, it's pretty impressive that you got four guys. I, I wouldn't be shocked if all four of those guys are, are taken in the first 18 to 22 picks. That's kind of the range. And, uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of Big Ten love in the first round this year on the lines of scrimmage. Rick Kaczynski, Kaz will wrap with this. And was listening to Mickey Joseph yesterday. Uh, we had the, the, the spring uh, press conference and uh, media session, and uh, Mickey was talking about uh, that that mentality, getting guys who who like football or are good at football to to really love football. And there's been some guys this winter conditioning that he was talking about, and there's been some other guys that that have really had to grow up, and and that's just part of you know the college experience. Was that a challenge for you in college to get guys that you knew were good? They knew they were good but to really kind of kick it into gear and, and, and do everything extra to, to do that love part when it came to playing the game. You know, I, I don't mean to sound like a, a you know, like old Jock Jablonski here from 1962, but I, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's completely different now. Uh, you know, the kid who, in my opinion, that can't live without football that just lives and breathes it. I mean, I mean, literally, the the thought of not having it in your life uh, is is almost frightening. I I don't. I think those guys are unicorns now. And when mm-hmm. I was growing up, and when I was playing, and when I first start coaching, you know, you the majority of players were were like that. And then you had a few guys that you tried to bring along that you hoped the light bulb would go on for it, but you had a majority that, you know what, those guys, you had so much peer pressure that either those guys left on their own mm-hmm. or they joined the party, man. And um, I, I tell you, I, you know, my, the high school coach at uh, Cathedral Prep where I went, he just announced his retirement yesterday after 23 years, five state titles, I mean, you know, 16 PIAA, and one of the, one of the most successful high school coaches in the history of Pennsylvania. And you know, him and I had a talk, and he, he's just like, it's just different, man. He goes, I just can't. I, I can't get the kids to do what I want them to do. He goes, if I'm not in the weight room, guess what? They don't show up. And he goes, 5, 8, 10, 20 years. It wasn't, it wasn't like that. He goes, you had guys calling you to open the weight room up. Um, and he, he goes, just it, it's just really, really changed, and I think, you know, I don't want to blame recruiting, social media, all that stuff. I mean, you know, so much is so much praise is giving to to these kids before they're you know before they really accomplish anything, right? And and that's that's really that's really hard. But I think too, you know, football. You, you remember Monday Night Football growing up? There was so much pad. It, it was an event, man. Now there's football on every day. There's so much stuff going on. I mean, gosh, it's just like baseball. I mean, I grew up watching, you know, loving baseball. You watch the game of the week, man, and you watch this week in baseball. I mean, that was religion for me. And now there's just so much going on. You got, you know, down, you know, live streaming. You got DVR. You got, you know, I mean, you watch games on your phone. You got all much, all so much stuff going on nowadays. I just don't think the game has that much. It, it, I, 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 I don't want to discredit the players of, of now, sure. but it was a lot easier motivating kids then, than, in my opinion, than it is now. And then with all the, 
you know, all the changes now, all the cameras around. And, I mean, kids kids aren't challenged. I mean, let's, let's be – there's not a whole lot of adversity. Life's pretty dang good. You know, this isn't Ukraine. I, I promise you that. You know, life's pretty dang good in this country. And, you know, there isn't a whole lot of adversity for kids, um, you know. And, and, and there wasn't a whole lot of adversity when I was growing up, but it was created by coaches. They created it. They created it in the off season, right? They created it at practice. They put pressure on you. Now you put pressure on a kid, you know, he's going, he's bad mouthing you. You get bashed on, uh, you know, by Joe from Broken Bow 22 that heard from his third cousin that dated, you know, the backup center that, you know, this coach is a jerk. So, man, let's fire that guy because this kid's leaving now, you know, and that's, and that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of where you're at, unfortunately. And now you got NIL and all those other things, but man, there's just so many other things out there. Um, and it just seemed like before not to sound, I know I sound like an old fogey, but Hey man, I'm, this is, this is, this is, this is me talking, man. I mean, Hey, that was, let me tell you, there was, there was no transferring in me unless I was told to transfer, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> that's how, you know, cause if I left on my own, there was nowhere to go except, you know, probably the, probably the Marine Corps. I wasn't going back to Erie cause I didn't have a place to live. I can promise you that. And that's just the change in the, in the mental, in, in, mentally, I, it's just a different world we're living in. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but it's just, it's just different. I just think, I know I probably sound like Herb Street a little bit. I just think that they're, they're, the exposure and what football meant and how we put these guys on a pedestal and how we, it was, a, it was a, an event with pageantry and just the, the whole presentation of it. Man, football, those guys didn't even seem like they were human beings to me growing up. Um, but, hey, you know, different, different world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have access to these guys now. They're on social media. They're not, you, you know, you look at athletes nowadays, and they're not much different than us, right? And I think that's kind of probably a little bit different than when you and I were growing up or some of these older guys growing up. But um, I just think that, um, you know, I, I think just because of the way recruiting is, just because of social media, just because of NIL, there's so there's so much involved with it. I don't want to say that hey, kids don't love. I don't think they know any better, right? Sure. Just like we didn't know any better than what our parents knew. Yeah, I mean, it's just what they know. But what they know, I, I don't think they don't think they love the game, Spitty. Gotcha. Right. I just think that it's just hey, man, football is. This is part of my life. It's an important thing, but I got, you know, but man, it was frightening. I mean, football was, football was our, was, was our life. And, and if, and if football is, it's really, really hard. It's, it's, there's nothing easy, especially about college football on this level. So, you know, if, if you don't love it, man, it's going to be really hard for you. It's going to be really hard for you to be enthused. It's going to be, really hard for you, you know, to, to stick with it. And the great thing about, about football, it's, uh, you can't hide, man. You know, you might hide for a little bit, but it's, it's the, it is the great exposure. I used to tell my, my guys that all the time. It is the, it, there is nothing 
easier in life than to sh- expose an individual than than film on the football field, you know, so an interaction with your teammates in, in the locker room. So, you know, like I said, I'm not bashing players now. It was just a different time, and I think these players think they love the game. It was just a little bit different then, just like, hey, put on – put on a highlight film from the eighties and, you know, put up, put on Jack Tatum, put it Steve Atwater, Ronnie Lott, you know, those guys wouldn't, they'd be kicked out of every game. You wouldn't even know who they were because they wouldn't last. They'd be sitting out a a half (laughs) every single game, you know? So it's just a different, it's just a, I think it's a different time. It's a, it's a different game. And I just think with there's so many distractions, it's just making a little bit, a little bit harder for, for coaches, in my opinion, to get guys, to get guys motivated. Rick Kaczynski, guys, great stuff. Awesome inside, bud. Thanks for your time and, and taking a few minutes to, to speak on this. Always love what you have to say, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Good stuff from Kaz. A Tuesday with Kaz, Hale Varsity Radio. Some perspective there, the like versus love dynamic. Uh, good stuff from Mickey Joseph. We had that for you in hour one. Coming up, Steve Marek uh, from Hale Varsity. Thoughts on Alexis Markowski in her hardware, uh, Husker Spring football, and a really good story from Steve with the NFL Combine looming and uh, what some of the scouts say about JoJo and Austin Allen and Cam Jurgen. Some national headlines here, NFL news. Of course, the, the big news of the day, MLB, MLBPA rejecting Major League Baseball's offer, so lockout is is a reality. The first two series canceled. Spring training canceled as the deadline came and went at 4 Central, 5 Eastern. And uh, Mitch Sherman, uh, God bless him, went off. He's a, a frustrated guy uh, with baseball like many of us. Uh, I don't live and die for baseball like I used to growing up. And 1994 kind of helped shape that. 1998 brought it back, and then once the uh, the truth came out about pincushions versus the suspicion, uh, human pincushions for chicks digging the long ball, you know, it, it was sad. Really, quite honestly, uh, as a youth, I was a Cubs fan, and that just wore the hell out of me down. And then he finally had to just walk away. So Connor is, he doesn't have a tear going down his cheek. But he's nodding because he, he's from uh, the Windy City. Well, I saw a title, so I have nothing to complain. No, about. you have it. You're right. I mean, you 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 saw a, a really fun team and Crazy Joe. <laughs> I mean, before it was Murphy's. Just the try Billy, not to suck. It was it was the Billy Goat Tavern and let's go party in the outfield or at a rooftop. So the Packers, uh, their GM, look, no, there's been no trade offers for Aaron Rodgers. Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. 
Back into it, winding down to Tuesday, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Steve Morick with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Steve, uh, what's going on? Thanks for the time. Hey, Chris, thank you for having me. I'm just uh, over here working inside while we got this, uh, what is it, seven-degree weather outside right now? You and me, man. Uh, I was trying to talk <laughs> Connor into, I don't know, staying inside. I was going to go do a parking lot show out in the sun, but... Connor's like, dude, I'm leaving. Uh, no, <laughs> if I got to be in here, you got to be in here. So yeah, a uh, uh, thought here, Alexis Markowski, incredible freshman season. We know how, how just amazing she was in high school, but what a, what a year for her and what, what a job by staff and also Alexis, of course, with, uh, with her work ethic and her family to, to really make this splash so soon in the Big Ten. Are you surprised? Yeah, well, I, I think she, first of all, she had the pedigree um, to be doing what she's doing, especially with um, coming from the family that she does with her with her uh, dad and mom. But, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think a lot of people um, saw Alexis um, having this much success right away um, in her uh, college career. Um, of course, you know, two-time state champ over there at uh, Lincoln Pius, um, a couple Class A state championships there um, with the Thunderbolts. But, you know, there was just a lot of kind of wondering and questioning going on of, you know, what, was she just, you know, bigger than everybody else? And, and is, is that going to be, um, you know, what we're going to see? Um, is, is that going to change against Big Ten um, caliber players? And, you know, I think she kind of proved a lot of people wrong. I, I wrote a story on it last month and talked to her high school coach and her dad about just the other people's, I guess, um, just questions and, and, uh, and doubts that they had with her. But, you know, she, she put in the work. She put in the time. She focused on basketball after being a multi-sport athlete at, over there at Pius. And once she did that, I think she started, you know, working on her game a lot more. And now, now she's um, seeing everything pay off, and it's been really fun to watch. She's been, in, she's been in, an incredible um, key uh, to the and big, big piece of this uh, basketball team that Amy Williams has built. And it's been really impressive to watch. Steve, now over to football here. There were a lot of roundtables yesterday for all the coaches to talk to the media. Spring football began yesterday. And Mark Whipple was one of those that was at the roundtables, obviously the new offensive coordinator for this Nebraska Cornhusker team. He talked a lot about film and how to customize film playlists for a lot of individual guys so they can learn throughout the summer and that time in between spring and summer camp. What do you think – uh, how how valuable is that film going to be for this team? And how do you think Mark Whipple can take this offense to another level? Yeah, that's a that's a great point with the film because I thought that was that was a really really interesting and like like oh yeah of course that would be like good to put put everything on tape that you want these kids to learn have them watch that every single day until they're coming back in the summer and um, yeah it's just you know to put everything on tape and and teach them and show them why they're going where they are, you know, as, you know, if the corner's playing like this, then you do this. If the safety's positioned over here, then you go over here. You know, Mark Whipple is an incredibly smart guy after listening to him um, talk. He, he has so much, like, like 40, 40 plus years of coaching experience. So he absolutely knows how to build it, how to build an offense, how to draw plays and how to more importantly, teach the kids to do what he wants them to do. And, and the, the film the film piece of this is incredibly important to that as well. 
And uh, with with him with him in the fold right now, you know, it's I I just got a sense that you know listening to uh, Scott talk up at the podium, he was he was really kind of you know talking about the whole team, not just the offense. You know, he was able to go and talk talk with some of the younger guys and coach up some of the younger guys as the twos as they call them on the second team. And you know, it, it, I don't know if there was like a, a release sense to him or, or just you know if if it was just the spring and everybody's kind of in a good mood because they can be. Um, but I don't know. It was just kind of like a very good vibe over there at Memorial Stadium on, on Monday with um, everybody talking. But, yeah, with, with Coach Whipple um, in, in the fold right now, I just think that this offense um, has, has the minds to do a lot of great things on offense. It's just going to be a matter of if they can, if they can install the offense in it and teach these kids what they want them to do in a, in a quick manner because that week zero um, game with Northwestern's coming up. Steve Marks with us from Hale Varsity. Spring football thoughts over to Chins. And uh, what did you glean from, from Coach Janander? Yeah, it's a, not a lot of – I don't think a lot of people – like obviously the, the Coach Ripple and uh, Coach Nikki Joseph over there with the receivers and, and Dominic – uh, Donovan Raiola is, is is the new guy over there too. Um, there's just a lot of new faces on the offensive side of the ball, and sometimes I think that the defensive side um, kind of gets overlooked. But they're they're missing a lot of pieces too. And I just thought it was very interesting to see how you know with with the with the players that he is that Eric Schneider is losing, how that's gonna I guess impact the way he structures the defense, how he calls the defense, because there's not a Jojo Doman there anymore. And, and Jojo um, was, was a guy at, at that nickel outside linebacker that kind of erased a lot of problems for you. But now that he's gone, who, who is that going to be? And, and is the nickel going to be a, an important um, part to the defense just like it was last year? I still think it is, but, you know, the way um, Eric was talking about it, um, it it's just going to be whoever, whoever gets that nickel position um, it's going to, it's going to change the way, you know, the defense on um, what that, what that kid is going to be asked to do, whether it's, you know, Isaac Gifford or maybe Javen Wright, or maybe Chris Klarvik was, was the new name that popped up in there. Each, each of those guys has their choice that they're good at and what they're not good at. So whichever one is on the field, that's going to, you know, impact other areas of the defense. So that's what I was really interested in kind of talking about that. And um, so, yeah, it's, yeah, he, he has a, a lot of questions to answer, and the D line depth is is uh, one of them too. And, and we talked about that at length as as well. Steve Marks with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Steve, we'll wind down here, bud. And uh, really awesome story you did on HaleVarsity.com when it comes to the next step for a handful of Huskers, uh, specifically reaching out to some NFL minds uh, when it comes to the NFL Combine and. You got a host of Huskers uh, trying to make some money here this month here, either in Indy or at Pro Day. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a really fun one to do, and I'm I'm thankful that Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network was able to uh, to talk at length with me um, on those four dudes: Cam Taylor Britt at corner, um, Austin Allen at tight end, Cam Jurgens at center, and then obviously Jojo Doman at linebacker. He's really really high on Jojo. Um, he's I think he said he's tailor-made for today's, um, you know, the 2022 NFL modern-day football. Um, just a, a dynamic athlete over there at, at linebacker who can do a little running, do a little tackling, and he's, you know, sturdy enough to hold up and run support and quick enough that he could cover 
um, um, a slot guy for a little bit. And that, those, those are just, you know, really kind of important players um, to kind of identify and develop once, once you get to the NFL, because, you know, the way offenses are going um, and has been going with, you know, some of these, um, some of these passing concepts that everybody are getting really, really, really good at. Just look at what Kansas city is doing, mm-hmm. LA Rams, um, having a guy, a defender like JoJo on the field to do multiple things, um, th- those are going to be in need. And I think JoJo can really can really fill that need for, for a defense somewhere. Steve Morick with us from Hale Varsity. Steve, we'll get caught up again. Thanks for a few minutes today, bud. Thank you, Chris, for having me. A Huda Media Production.